Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. I hope you're doing okay. I'm not doing okay. No, I am not doing okay because I know this is about to go really, really, really Really bad. Yeah, this is about to be a a train wreck of epic proportion. Sometimes we review those sermons that turn into an absolute train wreck and we'll make little jokes. Oh, the fire's getting bigger. It's getting worse. I think, I think the train got back on the track just to crash one more time. Well, this is about, this is, everything's going to burn. This is going to be a dumpster fire. I know this is going to be bad and I apologize. And, and it makes me mad at myself. It really does. Because why can't I just like, okay, there's a solution. Let's just go with it. Why? Why do I have to go? No, not so sure. No, I'm not content. No, I'm going to keep questioning. No, I'm going to keep talking about it, even, even though I know I shouldn't. I I cannot stop myself. But but before we, we before I even explain what's going on, it is Wednesday, November the 9th, 2022. It is currently 12.46 p.m. Central Time. I am coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And I've been pacing in this studio back and forth, back and forth going, what do I do? What do we do? Why? Why? Why did I do this? Why? Why? Why did I even bother to consider talking about the curse of Jeconiah. Why? Why Why did I just like the curse of Jeconiah? It's a curse for a reason. We're not going to talk about it because cursed is anyone who tries to explain it. Cursed is anyone who tries to come up with a solution. I should know that, right? I mean, they found that manuscript in a, in a tomb somewhere in an undisclosed location and it said cursed. Is anyone who tries to explain the curse of Jeconiah. Okay, they didn't actually find a document that said that. Okay, I'm joking. Okay, I'm making that up. But that's what it feels like. And I feel like I'm going to end up (laughs) all by myself because I think everyone is going to disagree with me. And uh, I understand that. I wish I could just go, no, I I think that makes sense. No, I know. I just, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time with the whole curse of Jeconiah. So if you don't know, let, let's let's just try to go through this briefly. I want to take this to church tonight and work on it, but I know the minute I try, people are going to like, no, law and gospel. That's what we want. I need to be working on the Bible study exercise for this week. But every, the train has so derailed that I, I am not doing the series we need to, because all because of an email. I'm telling you, my email inbox is going to be the thing that kills me because this has... This is haunting me. You talk you talk about how a curse haunts someone. Well, this curse is going to haunt me for a very 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 long time. And I guess my issue is, I'll just explain. My issue is this. If you've ever tried to try to understand and unravel all of the or not unravel, try to fix, try to try to put back together all the problems that you encounter in the genealogies of Jesus, right? There's just so many, you're like, wait, wait, that's not the father. Wait, that's the grandfather. Wait, there's like, 
There's like omissions here. These kings are completely left out. Wait a minute. I think there's like three generations here missing. What's going on? If you know about all of those problems, the last thing you want to do is if there is a problem, try to find the solution somehow in the genealogy because the genealogy itself produces problems. I mean, look, look, I know that most Christians don't understand that because they just simply go, hey, look, uh, there's some differences between Matthew's genealogy and Luke's genealogy that can basically be explained this way. One's looking at the, the genealogy of Jesus from this perspective. The other one's looking at it from a, a, a different perspective. And that's sufficient enough. Now let's move on. Rarely you're going to get, even in Bible college or seminary, you're not going to get into the weeds of all of the complexities that you find in those genealogies. You're just not. And so people are just like, well, that's the end. So if someone points to the genealogy as possibly giving, you know, an answer, I, I, I immediately like, I want to run the opposite direction. I'm like, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. The answer cannot be found in the genealogy. I'm telling you, don't do that because there, there's problems. So I know none of that makes any, well, if you listen to part one or part two, it makes perfect sense. So let's, let's do this. Let's try to put this all together. Oh boy. Oh man. Oh man. Curses. I'm just going to start screaming, curse you, Jeconiah, curse you, right? You were cursed and I'm cursing you in 2022. Curse the person who sent me the email. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the Theology Central podcast. Literally, we, we there, there, there is no rhyme or reason. No, there is a rhyme or reason to what we do. It's just, it's amazing how things can change so drastically because I, I like I do like the fact that it's just so unpredictable because I I, I just kind of let whatever happens in the day drive what we're going to talk about. So I, I in some ways I like that. But here we go. What is the curse of Jeconiah? If you look, if you don't understand anything else about this, because a lot of people said that they were confused, that they were lost, which made me feel horrible because as a teacher, my job is to ensure that no one is confused or lost unless I do it on purpose only to get them to a conclusion. In this particular case, I wasn't trying to do anything on purpose. Now, I was trying to get people to look certain things up. And almost all the emails, no one has yet produced what I asked, right? I said, I want, what does the dictionary say about Jeconiah? What does the dictionary say about, I think, Uzziah? What is, what is, what, what is the, what does the dictionary say? I want entries for these people. Nobody has produced that. Uh, which is kind of frustrating. And I also asked some very specific questions in regards to the genealogy in Matthew. Are we sure that every single time when it says so-and-so begat so-and-so, that that is a father? Are we sure it's not a grandfather? Because the word begat can refer to a father. It can refer to a grandfather. It, it has a wide range. Are we sure? Nobody did that. Um, so, so some of the basic assignments I gave people, people were skipping the basic assignments to really start emailing me arguments. And I'm like, I, no, 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 no. We've got to take this in steps. Christians love to skip steps, right? They're like, here's the problem. They just jump to a conclusion. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Look, here's what we got to do. There's, there's always, this is just so important for every biblical difficulty, for every hermeneutical challenge. This is so important. You can always find a supposed answer or solution on YouTube or in a commentary. You can always find the solutions. So then what happens 
People see the solutions and they pick the one that they like. But that, oh, that drives me crazy. People don't realize how easy you can be manipulated. What you have to do is you first have to establish everything we, all the observable facts. This is why observation is the key to interpretation. You've got to observe everything. Okay, wait. So if I, if I have these five observations, many times, these clear, factual, dogmatic observations destroys 50, 60, 70% of the so-called solutions or interpretations. That's why you've got to become better at doing biblical observation. So I wanted people to do some observational work. And a lot of people wanted to do interpretive work. Well, if you're over there doing the interpretation and I'm over here doing the observation, we're going to be speaking two different languages. And you're going to be like, why? What's the problem? The problem is, I don't know if observation will allow me to accept that. All right. Yeah. Okay. This is going in a completely different direction than I wanted, but this is just so important. So here we go. What is the curse of Jeconiah? Jeconiah, who, who is also called Jehoiken or Jehoichen. I, I've seen, I've, I think in the, the video or the audio that we reviewed yesterday, I think he referred to Jehoichen and then he turned around and referred to him as Jehoiken. So, uh, if <laughs> I, I'm going to stress the chin, because the last part is C-H-I-N, I'm going, even if it's incorrect, I'm going to do this to make sure that we clearly distinguish this name from any other names that it sounds very similar to, all right? Jehoi Chin, I'm going to stress that. And Jehoi Chin is found in First Chronicles 3.16. However, uh, the King James, if I remember correctly, used uh, Jeconiah, right? Use Jeconiah. Let me make sure. Uh, first, uh, first Chronicles three. Let's see, sixteen, and the sons of Jeconiah, uh, uh, Aser uh, and Salathiel. Salathiel. Okay, so yes, yeah, so it, they use Jeconiah. So, and the King James is Jeconiah, and the uh, NIV it's Jehoiachin. And I'm going to stress the chin, even if it's incorrect, even if it's incorrect. I'm doing this to because I don't want us to get confused with other names, all right? So, Jeconiah, who is also called Jehoiachin in 1 Chronicles 3.16 in the NIV, and Kaniah in Jeremiah 22.24, was a king of Judah who was deported as a part of the Babylonian captivity. This is found in 1 Chronicles 3.17. He is also listed in the genealogy of Jesus and Joseph's family line, Matthew 1.12. Now, here's the problem. Some people are like, no, he is not listed in the genealogy. The Jeconiah that is in Matthew is a completely different Jeconiah. It's, it's, it's a completely different one. There's two Jeconiahs. And the one in Matthew is not the one in Jeremiah. And the reason why is the one in Jeremiah is the cursed one. And that curse would basically disqualify Jesus from sitting on the throne of David. So, Here's the curse. The curse is found in Jeremiah 22. First, the Lord likens the king to a signet ring on God's hand, a ring that God will pull off. That's Jeremiah 22, 24. Then God pronounces a curse. Record this man as if childless, a man who will not prosper in his lifetime, for none of his offspring will prosper. None will sit on the throne of David or rule any more in Judah. 
And then that's found in Jeremiah 22, 30. So you see, if Jeconiah, the cursed one, is in the genealogy of Jesus, we got a problem because then Jesus could never sit upon the throne, right? That's, that's the curse. So there's all these different solutions, but the solution that has caused so much confusion and trouble here on this podcast so far is there is a solution out there that says the Jeconiah and Matthew 1, 11 and 12 is not the cursed one. It's a different one. It's not the same. That's where the confusion begins. And they're going to make the argument is because in Matthew 1, when it mentions Jeconiah, let me, let me pull up a, from this Bible. I'll just show you. Here we go. Okay, I'm going to go to Matthew 1. Probably shouldn't do this now, but we'll do it now. So they're, they're saying when you get to the, to the genealogy in Matthew 1, you read this. And Josiah fathered Jeconiah. And they're like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. Josiah is not the father of the cursed Jeconiah. Josiah clearly obviously had another son whose name became Jeconiah. So there's two Jeconiahs. Josiah was not the father of the cursed one. Someone else was the father of the cursed one. And they're like, because see, it says he begot him. Okay, but wait a minute. Are you telling me nowhere in the genealogy of Jesus when it says so-and-so begat someone, it's, it's all, you're telling me it always refers to the father and it can't refer to the grandfather? Because guess what? Matthew 1, 11, this is very important. And Josiah fathered Jeconiah. Josiah is the grandfather of the cursed Jeconiah. So does the, the Greek word begat would allow for that as a, as, as a proper interpretation, but they're like, can't be because he's the cursed one. So let me read the possible solution that, that now we listened to a video that promoted this. I'm going to, I'm just going to, uh, oh wait, it's, I've got it open in the discord channel. Here we go. And I posted this in the discord channel. Here we go. I'm going to read this. All right. Does the curse of Jeconiah in the Old Testament impact Jesus' claim to be to the throne of David over the house of Israel? Is Jesus disqualified from being king of the Jews due to the curse of Jeconiah? The Old Testament curse bans any descendant of Jeconiah from the throne, and Matthew's genealogy of Jesus includes a man named Jeconiah. Since we celebrate the birth of Jesus in December, this is a good time to look into his genealogies. Does the information in Matthew's genealogy disqualify Jesus from being the Messiah by virtue of him being a descendant of Jeconiah? The curse of Jeconiah is recorded in Jeremiah 22, 24 through 30. We've already made reference to some of it. We won't go through it again. Jeconiah was a wicked king of Judah for three months in the early 6th, 6th century BC. Jeconiah was also known as Jehoiakim. Uh, they point to 2 Kings 24, 6. I haven't looked that up Jehoi Chin, I'm going to I'm going to stress it that way again. They point to 2 Kings 24:6 as having that name. I'm going to look it up in the King James really quick. I'm going to look it up in the King James. See, does the King James keep uh, Jeconiah or do they go with this other one? Here we go. 2 Kings, what do they give me? 24:6 in this article. 2 Kings 24:6. 2 Kings 24:6. 
So Jehoiakim slept with his fathers and Jehoiachin, his son, reigned in his stead. Please note Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, right? Um, is, so Jehoiakim is the father. See, in Matthew, it, it's, it's Josiah. See, where everybody's like, see, see, but Josiah is the grandfather. But all right. But they say, they refer to him as Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, I should say, in Second uh, Kings even in the King James, All right? So there we go. And which is only makes it even more confusing that some translations use this name or some translations use this name only to add more confusion and trying to keep up with all of this. But that's okay. That's okay. Because, hey, I would, what, what else would I rather be doing on a Wednesday afternoon than getting completely confused and confusing you? All right, so here we go. Jeconiah was a wicked king of Judah for three months in the early 6th century B.C., Jeconiah was also known as Jehoiachin. I'm going to say Jehoiachin, or I'm going to do that for a reason, all right? And Coniah, Jeremiah 22, 24, and he began to reign following the death of his father, Jehoiakim, right? So Jehoi, that's why you see I'm saying Jehoi, uh, Jehoiachin, Jehoiachin, Jehoiakim. Now, this, these names, not only do they sound very familiar, they're almost, some would even argue in the Greek, almost indistinguishable from each other. Like, you're like, what? it would be so easy to confuse these. It would be so easy to confuse them. But all right. God's, and this is important because there's a whole host of issues. When you get to the genealogies of Jesus, they're like, oh, that's the problem. That, that's not Jeconiah. That's, that's, that's Jehoiakim because Jeconiah is also known as Jehoiachin and they've confused Jehoiachin with Jehoiakim because they're in the Greek, they're almost indistinguishable. That, that is, and, and that it's not an issue in the original, but it, that in the copies that there was a, a problem. And so that's what I'm saying. Once you get into the genealogies, you run into one problem after another, but okay. God's extreme displeasure with the evil ways of Jeconiah and his father Jehoiakim resulted in the curse uh, in Jeremiah 22. Later, Jeconiah was carried away captive to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar. We read about that in 2 Kings 24, 8 through 16. An ancestor of Jesus named Jeconiah is listed in Matthew in Jesus' genealogy. Josiah begat Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. After the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah begat Sheatiel, and Sheatiel begat Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begat uh, Abiad, Matthew 1, 11 through 13. So how can Jesus sit on the throne of David if he is a descendant of the cursed king Jeconiah? How can he rule Judah if his descendants, if he descends from Jeconiah, whose seed is excluded? The answer to the puzzle is simple. Oh man, no, it's not simple. Okay, it's convol the, the the solution they come. Look, I can give you three solutions that are simple. I can give you three solutions that are simple and I think possible, maybe even plausible. The fact that people out there think this one is the simple one blows my mind. This is the most convoluted mess I have ever seen. And not only that, it gets you right back into the problems of the genealogy in Matthew, where there are omissions where there are gaps. I think there's like a three, there's at least a, there's gaps in generations. So you have missing names. And not only that, in the genealogy of Matthew, you have times where it says this person begat so-and-so, and it's clearly not the father, it's the grandfather. 
So why would you go there going, well, look, look, it's simple. It's not simple. Oh, I get so tired of people saying some of the hermeneutical solutions are simple. They're not simple. That's why most churches don't even get into these difficulties. We They skip it. They're not going to talk about it. What are they going to do for Christmas? They're not going to deal with the complexities of the genealogies of Jesus. No, 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 no. They're not even going to deal with any of the serious theological implications of Christology and, and all of the Christological heresies in early church. No, no, no. You know what you're going to get? You're going to get a little candlelit service on Christmas Eve, sing a couple of songs, Jesus is born in Bethlehem, and then go home and make sure you don't come back on Christmas Day because the church is closed because we got to give gifts and eat some food. We don't have time to actually I don't know, talk about the important things related to the birth of Christ. But I digress, all right? Just, it drives me crazy when they say this is simple, all right? They say the answer to this puzzle is simple. It involves recognition of the fact that in many families, multiple, multiple people can bear the same name. Often this is true of several names in a family. Now, you know what? I completely agree with that. It's 100% true that in the Bible, there can be multiple people with the same name even within uh, several names and a family. You know what? I agree. It is true. Now, what would be required for me to say, these two people have the same name? I think it would be required that the Bible clearly indicates that they're two separate people with the same name. Right? I think I would need something, especially if you're going to say, hey, this Jeconiah was actually this king's son and he changed his name to this. I would need something to actually show me that, to say that, right? I think that's usually the basic requirement that's required for biblical evidence, right? Hey, it says it right here, right? And if it doesn't say it, then we don't assume it, correct? That's that I, 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 I think, but okay, let's see what they're going to do. All right, so here we go. So the answer to Jesus and the curse of Jeconiah is that there are two different Jeconiahs. Jesus is not a descendant of the cursed Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim. Rather, he is a descendant of a different, uncursed Jeconiah. A little study of genealogical records in the Bible makes this clear. The cursed Jeconiah of Jeremiah 22 was the son of King Jehoiakim, who was this? Who was the son of King Josiah of Judah? Thus, the cursed Jeconiah was the grandson of King Josiah. This Jeconiah had a single brother, Zedekiah. The Jeconiah, who was an ancestor of Jesus, was a son of Josiah, not a grandson, and he had multiple brothers. Josiah begat Jeconiah and his brothers, Matthew 1.11. Jesus' ancestor, Jeconiah, had a wicked nephew with the same name. It is that wicked man's descendants who are prohibited from the throne. All right? So, the cursed Jeconiah is a son of Josiah, not the grandson, the I'm sorry, the uh, Jeconiah, who was an ancestor of Jesus, was a son of Josiah, not a grandson. The grandson, well, the, the cursed Jeconiah was the grandson. So the cursed, uh, the cursed Jeconiah was the grandson of King Josiah. The son of Josiah was not the cursed one. Okay, That's, that is the argument. 
And the argument goes basically that if you look at uh, Matthew 1, 11, that we read, and Josiah fathered Jeconiah. And they're like, see, see, the, the, the Jeconiah who's cursed, he, his father is Jehoiakim. This Jeconiah is a different one because it says his father was Josiah. So now we just got to go look at all the sons of Josiah, find the one that we have no record of his name being changed and saying, that's the one. His name was changed to Jeconiah. There you go. There you go. Uh, he changed the name to, to Jeconiah, right? And well, we, we could get into a lot of discussions there. That's the claim. We don't, we don't have any, and there, but let's just go with, let's, for now, let's just go with this. So here's my problem. Or here's at least my question. Here is at least my question. All right. My question is this. If it can be clearly demonstrated that in the Gospel of Matthew, in the genealogy found in the Gospel of Matthew, if it can be clearly demonstrated that just because it says Josiah begat Jeconiah, that that does not mean, nor do we have to interpret that to mean Josiah was the father. It could be easily interpreted that he was the grandfather. If I can, if we can demonstrate that, well, then we immediately begin to eliminate or begin to call into question this entire theory, right? Because like, wait a minute, their theory rests on, no, Josiah was the father because that's what it says. But just consider this. Just consider this. Question. Is Jehoram the father of Uzziah or Ahaziah? First Chronicles 3.11, Matthew 1.8. So let's go. I'm going to take this Bible. Let's go to First Chronicles 3.11. We won't even get into all the omissions. Well, I may, I may get to it have a whole a whole mess of issues, all right? So if we go to 1 Chronicles 3.10. Solomon's son was Rehoboam. His son was Abijah. His son, Asa. His son, Jehoshaphat. His son, Jehoram. His son, Ahaziah. His son, Joash. His son, Amaziah. His son, Azariah. His son, Jotham. His son, Ahaz. Right? So, is Jehoram the father of Uzziah or Ahaziah? Well, let's go again here. The son, uh, the son, his son Jehoram, his son Ahaziah. Now, look at Matthew 1, 8. Now, please note Matthew 1, 8. Please note Matthew 1, 8. Please note Matthew 1, 8. <laughs> Because that's right before we get to the whole Jeconiah problem. Asa fathered Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat fathered Joram. Joram fathered Uzziah. Now, that name Joram means Je uh, Jehoram, if I can say his name correct. Jehoram. Okay, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, let's read this again. Matthew went, Asa fathered Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat fathered Jehoram fathered Uzziah. Wait a minute. Chronicles, Chronicles, Jehoram, his son, Ahaziah. 
Joash, his son. Matthew 1.8, also the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Jehoram. Jehoram, the father of Uzziah. Wait a minute. So was it Uzziah or was it uh, uh, um, Ahaziah, if I can get the names correct, if I can get the names correct here, all right? So th- this is the issue. First Chronicles 3.11 seems to have Jehoram, the father of Uzziah. Matthew 1.8 seems to have, or, or I'm sorry, uh, First Chronicles has Jehoram, uh, his son, Ahaziah. So Jehoram is the father of Ahaziah in 1 Chronicles, but in Matthew 1.8, Jehoram is the father of Uzziah. So which is it? Well, the word begat can mean a father or grandfather, just as the word son may mean son or grandson. So Ahaziah was the son of Jehoram. The, The reason I keep I keep saying it different ways is because depending on the translation, sometimes it's J-E-H-O-R-A-M, Jehoram, and sometimes it is written as J-O-R-A-M, Joram, all right? So depending on which translation I'm looking at, all right? So let's go through this again. I'll make sure we get this very clear. Is Jehoram the father of Uzziah or Ahaziah? Now you've got 1 Chronicles 3.11 and Matthew 1.8. 1 Chronicles 3.11 has Jehoram, his son, Ahaziah. Matthew 1.8, you have Jehoram, the father of Uzziah. So is he the father of Uzziah or Ahaziah? I mean, this is just, this is pretty simple. So in Hebrew or in Greek, in either way, the word begat can mean father or grandfather, just as the word son can mean son or grandson. So Ahaziah was the son of Jehoram, and Uzziah was a grandson. Now, keep that in mind. Now, you get to verse 11 and 12. You have Josiah and Jeconiah could easily be grandson, just as it happens in verse 8. Now, that immediately that should make you pause and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, I can't build my argument that just because it says Josiah here, that clearly he has to be the father of this Jeconiah, and clearly that means this Jeconiah is different than the one in the Old Testament because his father was Jehoiakim. So clear, but Jeconiah is the grandson of Josiah. Josiah was the f- grandfather And that fits perfectly because we already see it happening in verse 8. So if it happens in verse 8, why would you not already assume that that's a possibility for verse 11 and 12 and go, no, 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 it can't be, and then jump to a different interpretation. Now, I'm not saying there aren't other issues to consider. I'm saying right there should make you go, hmm. We have in the Old Testament, Jehoram is the father of Ahaziah. In Matthew 1, we have Jehoraham being the father of Uzziah. How is that possible? Well, it's because Ahaziah was the son of Jehoraham and Uzziah was a grandson. It, and so you can just carry that over to verse 11. You have to, you have, once you establish the hermeneutical principle, you can't throw out the hermeneutical principle because like, wait, 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 no, no, no. We've got to get Jeconiah out of this. This cannot be the curse one. We've got to throw him out. No, no, you've got to. How is the text before and after handling these things? Is it always 
he begat him, that's the father. Or is it, well, sometimes it's the father, sometimes it's the grandfather. Are there gaps? Are there omissions? Listen to this. Matthew gives us an abbreviated genealogy of Christ. We see this throughout the scripture. If you compare Ezra's own abbreviated genealogy in Ezra chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, 8 through 12, to 1 Chronicles 6, 3 through 14. There are times where the the, uh, genealogies are abbreviated. Things are left out. When we compare 1 Chronicles and Matthew, we see, listen, this is so important. When we compare 1 Chronicles with Matthew, we see that there are three generations between Jehoram and Uzziah, Ahaziah. But Matthew is giving us an abbreviated genealogy. So immediately when you start realizing, wait a minute, so there's abbreviations, there's omissions, that makes you go, wait, 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 wait. I got to be careful if I start making some assumption here, if I jump to some crazy conclusion. Let me give you some examples. Three consecutive kings of Judah are seem to be omitted from Matthew's genealogy. Ahaziah, Jeho, Jehoash, and Amaziah. These three kings are seen as especially wicked from the curse line of Ahab through his daughter Athaliah to the third and fourth generation. The author could have omitted them to create a second set of 14 because there's this whole idea, the way it's structured about these like 14 sets, three sets of 14, three sets of 14, Three sets of 14 is the way Matthew seems to structure it. So in some cases, things seem to be omitted to maintain the 14. Another omitted king is Jehoiakim, the father of Jeconiah, also known as Jehoiachin. In Greek, the names are even more similar, both being sometimes called uh, Joachim or Joachim, I I guess you could say. When Matthew says Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile, he appears to conflate the two because Jehoiakim, not Jeconiah, had brothers. But the exile was at the time of Jeconiah. While some see this as a mistake, others argue that the omission was once again deliberate ensuring that the kings after David spanned exactly 14 generations. The final group also contains 14 generations. If Josiah's son was intended as Jehoiakim, then Jeconiah could be counted separately after the exile. Some authors propose that Matthew's original text had one Joseph as the father of Mary, who then married another man of the same name. Fourteen generations span the time from Jeconiah, born about 616 BC, um, uh, and then Jesus, and, and that goes down to Jesus born, well, they, they claim around 4 BC, uh, the, which I've heard that multiple times. The average generation gap would be around 40 years. However, uh, in the Old Testament, there are even wider gaps between generations. And then they, they go, but they basically are saying that so a lot of it is structured in a certain way, that things are omitted. Now, whether Jehoiakim is confused with Jeconiah, 
which is also sometimes known as Jehoiachem, okay, and sometimes he is referred to as uh, Joachim or Joachim. Uh, you see where that can all, the names can get uh, conflated. But please note, even here, when they're talking about the omissions, they don't, no, 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 no. That Jeconiah, it's a different Jeconiah. They, they don't even address that as a possibility. No, 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 that's a different Jeconiah. That, that's a completely different one. It, it's, it's, it's one of Josiah's sons whose name was, they, nobody even, even goes into that direction because they know that the whole genealogy thing, it's, it, it's not as simple as going, Josiah begat Jeconiah. That has to be Josiah's son. Has to be. No. Over in verse 8, we have grandfather, not father. So then why wouldn't you have that same possibility in verse You have to at least consider that possibility in verse 11. Then you have to consider that in Matthew's genealogy, there are omissions. That it's edited down to maintain a certain structure. That names are picked mainly, mainly for significance, not ensuring it's not there to try to ensure that every single name and every single ge- generation is there. So immediately you got to go, whoa, I got to be careful. I got to be careful. I'm walking right into a trap. I'm going to walk right into this, making some argument about a genealogy where there are countless issues. Now, is it possible? See, you could even throw out this. Is it possible that Josiah had a son, changed his name to Jeconiah. All right, let's say it's possible. Let's say if it's, it's even plausible. Are we sure that that son whose name was changed to Jeconiah is the one that shows up in Matthew 1, 11, and 12? First, you'd have to prove that, that it shows, and you say, well, because it says Josiah begat him. That doesn't mean anything. Verse 8, you have a grandfather as the one doing the begatting. So see, you, you would still, even if you could prove dogmatically that Josiah had a son and changed his name to Jeconiah, and that's different than the cursed one whose father was Jehoiakim, even if you could prove that dogmatically, you would still have to show me, well, how are you sure that that's the, that's the one, that the non-cursed one is the one in Matthew 1, 11 and 12? That, ah... It, I, I'm, I, I just, I, I don't know. So if you remember the three solutions that doesn't require all, doesn't require these, these textual gymnastics and confusions with, with genealogies or anything else, there's three possible solutions. The first is that the word offspring of Jeconiah mentioned in the curse could be a limited reference to the king's own children, his immediate offspring, in other words. On a related note, the phrase in his lifetime could apply to the entire verse. The curse would only be enforced while the king lived. This is exactly what happened. As Jeconiah was not successful as a king, he only reigned for three months before he surrendered to Nebuchadnezzar's forces and none of his sons... He had seven of them, according to 1 Chronicles 3, 17 through 18, ever reigned over Judah. There you have it. So you could just end the end story. Problem solved. That the, that the text limits itself 
to in his lifetime, it, that it's limiting himself to his immediate offspring, and it seemed to play out in history. He didn't last very long. Boom, he's taken off into captivity within three months, and none of his sons ever reigned. You see how that, 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 that you see how eloqu- eloquent that is? No problem. I don't get into all this crazy stuff with the genealogy, because you'd have to go through the entire genealogy of Matthew and go and count how many times where it's not the father, it's the grandfather. You'd have to count how many times things are omitted. Why is Jehoiakim left? Why is Josiah there and Jehoiakim left off? Well, some say, well, he's conflating him. Jeconiah really, there shouldn't be Jeconiah, should be Jehoiakim. But the deportation happens during the time of Jeconiah. Is he conflating things? What's happening there? Is this a textual issue? See, now, now the fact that I just even can tell you there's a possible conflation of names and a textual issue should make you go, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't know if that solution works, but I can go over here to Jeremiah and to the actual text where the curse is given and go, wait a minute. I think the language here could possibly limit this to the lifetime of the king and to his immediate offspring because none of them ruled on the throne. See, it, you, you, that, that, that avoids all of those other complexities. Another one is the virgin birth, the incarnation. Jesus only had one human parent, Mary. His mother was of David's line, but not through Jeconiah. Joseph was Jesus' legal father, but not his physical one. Thus, Jesus was of royal blood through Mary, but the curse of Jeconiah stopped with Joseph and was not passed on to Jesus because Joseph was simply... The, uh, you, know, you can almost refer to it as kind of the adopted father. He wasn't the biological father. I'm not saying it's perfect, but you can't deny. <laughs> I mean, if you believe in the virgin birth, clearly Joseph was not the biological father. So the cur- would the curse be passed to Jesus if he's not the biological father of Joseph? That's a possible solution. And you don't have to get into all of this weird stuff going on in the genealogy where you're like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. And then all of this like, okay, so Josiah had a son and this was the son. He changed his name. We don't have any record of him changing his name. No record of it happening, but we know it was Jeconiah. And then Jeconiah, this uncursed Jeconiah had sons with the exact same name as the cursed one. Or at least some of them were the same. A third possible solution is that God reversed the curse on Jeconiah's family. This is hinted at by the prophet Haggai, who told Zerubbabel, Jeconiah's grandson. Now, again, Zerubbabel is Jeconiah's grandson, unless you believe that there are two Jeconiahs who both had grandsons by the name of Zerubbabel which is what the other thing requires, right? That God would make him a signet ring on God's hand. Isn't that interesting? Well, make him a signet ring. The same kind of verbiage is used in Jeremiah for the curse. Haggai 2.23. Zerubbabel was blessed by God as the governor of Judea. And he, and he prospered in that role when the Jewish exiles returned to, to Jerusalem. The signet ring imagery of Jeconiah's curse is repeated in Zerubbabel's blessing which must be more than a coincidence unless you believe the Zerubbabel that's blessed is a different Zerubbabel from a different Jeconiah. Several rabbinic sources teach that Jeconiah repented in Babylon and that God forgave him 
and lifted the curse. Now, that requires extra biblical sources, but you would think rabbinic, rabbinical sources would have been like, no, no, no. The rabbis would have been, it's a different Jeconiah. Don't you realize there was two of them? I want to know what's the origin of the date of the two Jeconiah solution. I want to know, like, how far back in church history people are like, no, there's two Jeconiahs. I wonder if everybody would have been like, no, there's got to be a different solution. There's got to be a different solution. If we go back to the original article, uh, yeah, okay, so much. Um, hang on, there's so much here. I want to, I want, I want to, I want to go back over, but I don't have time to go back over it. Oh wait, it's on my Discord channel. I keep forgetting to open up the Discord channel. All right, here we go. Um, they say for further proof that there were two different Jeconiahs. Well, okay, I won't go into all of that because they're going to get into, because it's so confusing. There's these lists that, okay, the cursed uh, Jeconiah, here's his offspring, and here's the uncursed Jeconiah's offspring, and it's like all the same names, right? It's it's like the same names. It's Shealtiel, it's Zerubbabel, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you've got, you've got two Jeconiahs, two Shealtiels, two uh, Zerubbabel's, um, and it can get a little confusing. Now, listen, doesn't mean that there still aren't problems. Put it this way, everything with the genealogy and with Jeconiah, there are are issues. Like, well, wait a minute, did he have brothers? I didn't think he had any brothers. There, there, There are still issues. I am more than aware of that. I'm saying the main issue is trying to figure out how, I guess you you either think that I'm going to convolute, here's the thing, you either convolute the problem to create, to basically create a different Jeconiah, or you go with the fact that there's one Jeconiah, he was the cursed one, he shows up in the genealogy, you find the solution to that, not in trying to f- create this whole family line, but you go to these other simpler solutions, right? And then you just acknowledge, we still got some problems because this Jeconiah, hmm, he didn't have brothers, he didn't have, so is that really supposed to be? Now, but then you have to bring in the possibility, was this some kind of mistake in the copies? And that's not supposed to be Jeconiah, it's supposed to be Jehoiakim, but if it's supposed to be Jehoiakim, Jeconiah is the one who's deported and goes to Babylon. So was was two ideas being conflated? There's still going to be problems. There's still going to be problems. But the, the main thing I wanted to accomplish in this, the main thing I wanted to accomplish in this, and I wish the names were uh, not, I wish the translation, don't you wish the translations would all give the names the exact same way, right? Like t- different spellings. And, oh, man drives me crazy because it can get so confusing depending on which Bible. But the main thing I want you to take from this, the main thing I want you to take from this is that if you go to Matthew 1, 11 through 12, and you see Josiah, Jeconiah, that's, that's, that's Josiah's son. That's Josiah's son. The genealogy says it. I want you to just go back to Matthew 1, 8 and realize that if you compare 1 Chronicles 3, 11 with Jehoram, all right, if I can say his name right. Jehoram, the father of, is, is Jehoram the father of Uzziah or Ahaziah? 
The answer is in 1 Chronicles 3.11, and Jehoram, his son Ahaziah, Matthew 1.8, Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, the father of Jehoram, the father of Uzziah. Wait, wait, what happened? What happened? What happened? And the answer is this. Ahaziah was the son of Jehoram, and Uzziah was a grandson. And just remember, Matthew gives us an abbreviated genealogy. And we see this throughout scripture, where you have a genealogy and it's abbreviated, where there can be entire generations missing. It jumps. Why did Matthew jump? Why did Matthew abbreviate? Well, there's all kinds of theories on why uh, Jeconiah's father, Jehoiakim, is not mentioned. Some say it was a mistake. Some say Jehoiakim was supposed to be, uh, Jeconiah was supposed to be actually Jehoiakim. We can get into all of that. I just want you to realize that just because it says Josiah begat Jeconiah, you don't have to go, well, see, that proves it. No. Verse 8, we have a grand, we have a grandfather, right? We have the grandfather. We have a grandson, right? That, that's what's going on there. So Josiah, Jeconiah was the grandson. See, it's following the same pattern that it did in Matthew 1.8. If that pattern is established, then you have to at least consider it as a possible hermeneutical option when you get down to Josiah and Jeconiah. You have to. And if you don't, yeah, I, 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 don't know, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. You say, so what's the solution? I don't know if there's a good solution. I, well, I think those three that I gave you, at least put it this way. I'm going to go with those other three because at least it's simple. I'm not saying they're great. This one may be the right one. I will at least say it could be. But right now, I mean, you are making assumptions based off what I've already demonstrated textually that verse 11 would have to be interpreted on the way verse 8 works, right? You would have to at least go with that concept. We have to go with the fact that the genealogy has omissions, <laughs> that it's condensed, okay? So you you immediately got to be very careful not to make assumptions, but their assumption is, see, Josiah was the father. This is a different Jeconiah. Now, how do I find him? Well, I go find Josiah. Oh, he had sons. Three of their names were changed. The fourth one, the name wasn't changed. Boom, I magically say that it was changed. And what was it changed to? Boom, Jeconiah. Now, that to me is insanity, That makes no sense because now you're just basing it out of just assumptions and thin air. Your best argument is, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Jeconiah and Matthew says he had brothers. Now, now we may have a problem. That, you could start there, but even if you start there and then you back up, you're still left with, well, I don't have any record of Josiah changing one of his son's names to Jeconiah. Why are the names of the other sons clearly recorded what they were changed to, but this one, it was just magically not recorded. It was just left out. And then magically, he shows up in Matthew 1, 11, just happens to be the name that will remove the cursed Jeconiah from the genealogy of Jesus. Isn't that all way too convenient? Hey, we don't have any evidence that this happened, but if we place him right here, we get rid of the curse. That, that, that's way too convenient. 
All the other kids' names are changed, and we have records of when they that what they were changed to. This one, the name's not changed. So clearly, we're just going to make an assumption based off nothing that the name was changed, and then we just conveniently say it was changed. I mean, if you're going to say it was changed to Jeconiah, why don't you say it was changed to fifty other names? He said, "Well, Josiah begat him." No, we could read Matthew one that Josiah is the grandfather. This is the grandson. Whichever one acknowledges that. Oh, good. Okay, good. I'm sorry, I got silent. Someone said even even that though the word brothers could could brother and mean uh, relatives. Uh, uh, yes, could be brother and meaning relatives. He he acknowledged that possibility. So that's uh, that's not even solid. Yes, obviously brethren could mean relatives. Clearly it can. I mean that's that's. That's, that's shown way too many times in Scripture. I'm not even getting into that right now. I just want you to see that I think Matthew 1.8 is a key verse, right? Because you've got Jehoram or however you say his name, father of Uzziah or, or Azariah. Uh, people have asked that question multiple times, and you're like, no, 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 no. That's the grandson. It's, 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 that's what's happening here, all right? So Ahaziah was the son of Jehoram, and Uzziah was the grandson. Now, once I once you figure out one eight with First Chronicles three eleven, then you get down to eleven, and you're like, okay, well then, what do I do with Josiah? Well, Jeho- uh, Jeconiah was the grandson. Now, still, I'm not saying it's perfect because the genealogy presents a hundred problems. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm, probably that's even an understatement. So that's why I would avoid all of that. I would avoid all of that and go, is there, is there a better solution? Well, if I can go to the text where the curse is, go, I think that language there could limit it. it it's possible. It's possible. History shows none of his immediate offspring ever sat on the throne. That's good. He only reigned for three months. I think maybe that's, that's, that's the possibility. Then if we don't have a second Jeconiah, if we don't have a second Jeconiah, right, we just have that one, then Zerubbabel and Haggai, you're like, oh, wait a minute, the curse seems to be gone. And even if you say none of that works, the curse Jeconiah is in the, the genealogy, then you have to go with, well, the genealogy through Joseph, right, not through Mary. So... Jesus could still rule on the throne because he would not carry that curse because Joseph was not his biological father. I'm not saying that's perfect either, but at least all of that does not require 50 names in a chart. Someone did make a chart for us, and they did a great, 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 great job. And maybe we'll, I may, I may, uh, what I may do is uh, just do a separate episode just saying, hey, here's the chart. I may kind of just talk you through the chart, and uh, we'll get that there. But um, I just wanted, I, I, one of the questions I asked everyone to do is go through Matthew and find every single time when it says so-and-so begat so-and-so, it's not biological father to biological son, it's grandfather, grandson. And if, and if that's the case, if it happens, if it only happens one time, I just think it's fascinating that it happens right before verse 11 and 12. I was like, okay, I couldn't ask for any bit, but I was hoping people would find more because if we find five or six examples, then I'm um, then come on, then you can't build your argument. It says Josiah begat him. Okay.
Okay, congratulations. All right, I've gone an hour. Last thing I wanted to do today was this. All right, but that's okay. That's okay. I hope I hope I I'm going to get emails that people are still confused and I'm going to be like I messed up again. I messed up again. My only thing I messed up was just trying to explain the first chronicles 311 and Matthew 18 situation mainly because the translations all the names are wacky different. Not the names aren't different, they just the spellings of them are different. Right? I'm like, can you change? Can you just give me? Can you just give it one way? Can you just give it? Is it Jehoram or is it how is the other way they write it? Jo- Joram, all right. Like, could you could you give it to? Could you just make it all the same? Because the names are already convoluted enough, and I think that that's why a lot of people think there was some that the 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 people copying Matthew one when they get to eleven, they're like. Jeconiah, who's also known as Jehoiachin, his father is Jehoiakim. See why I kept st- stressing that chin thing, okay? Um, they, 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 and they're almost identical in the Greek. Yeah, who knows? Then I mean, then then you've got some serious questions there. All right, you can email me your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. But I, but listen, 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 because I don't want anyone to think that I'm throwing out. I'm just, I'm just trying to be honest with my struggles. See, my struggle with that idea that there's two Jeconiahs is only because I know it was going to lead me into the issues of the genealogy of Jesus. And I've spent way too much time in my life struggling with all the issues in the genealogy. I don't want any solution that's going to lead me to that genealogy because I know then I'm going to go, well, what about this in the genealogy? And why is it condensed? And how come these, these generations are missing? And I, no, 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 no. I'm going to look for the, I'm going to look for the option to find a solution anywhere else other than that. If I can't find one, then I'll deal with it. All right. That's, that's my way of thinking. So here's what we're going to do. We, we had the little 16-minute video, all right? I, haven't, I had the article there that kind of explained it. We, we may go through, we'll, we'll read a little bit more of that article. I posted that article in the Discord channel. But what I'm going to do, I haven't looked yet. We're going to start searching the Sermons 2.0 app and the Edify Christian Podcast app and find sermons about the curse of Jeconiah. And I want to see if I can find a sermon, full-blown sermon, 45 minutes, an hour long, not a 16-minute YouTube video, but a whole full-blown sermon that will try to establish the fact that there are two Jeconiahs. And one of the, one of them is cursed. He's the son of Jehoiakim, and the non-cursed one is the son of Josiah. Now, if we can, if, because, and, and then we will review it. We will review it and critique it because I'm more than willing to have my mind changed. I just think you walk yourself into a trap. You're like, oh, you're going to use the fact that Matthew says Josiah begat Jeconiah as your proof. <laughs> Proves nothing because just in verse eight, you have a grandfather, grandson, you don't have father sons. And so why would, and then guess what I see when just my normal reading of Matthew 111 would be, oh, Josiah, that's the grandfather. Jeconiah is his grandson. There, I, I would not even blinked. Now, what causes you to blink is like, whoa, oh, no, no, no. That's the curse, Jeconiah. No, we got to get him out of there. So, 
but I'm, I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to change my mind. So I don't want anyone to feel like that I'm saying that I'm right here. I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying that I'm do- being dogmatic here because I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to be honest with my more. This is more of me trying to express my frustration and expressing my concern, not me telling you that that other way is wrong. If you want to go with the other way, please be my guest. I mean, feel free to do so. I'm not arguing with you in any way, shape or form. I'm just saying I can't. I just can't do it. I just can't do it right now. I can't do it. Now, if if I had an Old Testament verse that said Josiah had a son and changed his name to Jeconiah. Boom, you got me. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. But since I don't have that, you're just like, well, one of his son's name wasn't changed. So it had to be. Well, according to whom? <laughs> according to what? And oh, I'm and I get oh, I get it. And it just happened to be changed to Jeconiah. And you're basing that off a genealogy where <laughs> You have grandfather, grandson showing up just in a few verses before, and it's, it's condensed, and you have missing generations. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a great reason to say that it worked. That, see, that just sounds crazy to me. That sounds crazy to me. All right. I'm so, now I'm not even talking to you. I'm talking to myself. This is, this is the kind of conversation I have when I'm just walking around my house, and I'm trying to figure these issues out. I just talk to myself out loud. I know you think it's crazy, but it's the, it's the only solution. I have to I have to talk it out because I, I, I've tried to talk myself into the two Jeconiah solution and I've tried to talk myself out of the two Jeconiah solutions and solution. And currently I've talked myself back out of it, but I'm, I, I want to be talked into it if I can be. So, all right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. I got to go. I don't know. I need food. I need to do about a million things today. So, um, man, it's 1.46 p.m. This is insane. It can't be 1.46 p.m. It can't be. What happened to my day? All right. Everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you, uh, Heather, for she's the one who created the chart. Um, it's awesome. And uh, you're right. The word brethren can can have a wider meaning. And I think that that's a great point. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a good day. God bless.